For those that don't know me, my name is Adam. I'm a pastor here at Sunrise. Usually I, well, for the past month, I've been back with the kids, helping them um, because we've started a new curriculum, and it's been going wonderful. I really enjoy that, but also enjoy being here today with you guys. So um, it's really an honor to be here with you. Honestly, today is, has got to be one of the most convicting messages that I've ever given because it's on the topic of parenting. And I don't know about you, but parenting does not come naturally to me. You know, I don't know if you've been around those kinds of people that just seem like a natural parent. They just seem like they know everything to say or, or exactly the right thing to do or say for their kids. Uh, not me. I mean, I love my kids, and I love that they're these incredible little people that have made me so proud, but, but parenting, it's, it's tough. It's not a part-time job. It's, it's not something that we just devote a couple hours to each day and then, you know, we're done, but it's, it's something that requires a lot of work. Now, I know that not all of you have experienced the joys of parenthood yet. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that plan in the near future, or maybe being a parent was something that you did a long time ago, and you enjoy the grandkids now, but parenting is kind of off your plate. But please don't check out on me if, if you're one of those people, because like it or not, kids are all around us. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> and we have a, a, a duty even if they're not your own kids. So, I mean, but being a mom or a dad, that, that usually means a lot of different things for people. If I ask you what does a parent mean, some people might start thinking of different events that have happened. It could be, you know, nights where you're cleaning up after a sick child, or it could be trips to the emergency room. Have, have we got any parents in here that have done that? By a show of hands, there's a few in here. What about um, preparing lunches, backpacks, or listening to the same songs repeatedly every single day over and over again? You start to learn all the, the theme songs for all the different cartoons they like. And let's just see, does anybody know what follows this line? Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. Oh, yeah, okay, Jenny, she's got that. She, she knows the Paw Patrol. It's a great show. Um, but it also, it, it means long talks where you try to reverse the hurtful words that other kids have said to your kids. And it's, it's trying to, to help them understand that, you know, it's, it's not all about what other people say about them. It's what God says about them. You know, parenting is tough. And, and it would be incorrect if I said that they don't have a book about it because I actually checked on, on Amazon and there's over 70,000 books on parenting. And, but all of those, those books and theories and ideas, it can be overwhelming to know, what should I do for my kid? <laughs> How can I help my kid grow up to be the best human possible? <laughs> well, thankfully, we do have the best instructions on parenting in God's word. And it's not just found in the Old Testament. It's, it's also in the New Testament. It's in Psalms. It's in Proverbs. And it all instructs us what we should do. And, and there's a reason for it. Because God has given us a chance to improve the condition of our culture around us, starting with the young people around us. He's given us an opportunity of, of, of making the future a better place simply by how we are raising the young people around us. You know, think about the difference that we can make if, if the future generation recognized that God is a God of love and a God of grace, that he loves his people. Parenting really is an opportunity. 
before we go any further, I I'm actually just want to pause and, and pray again. <laughs> so let's do that. God, I, I come before you recognizing my own faults in this, and, and Lord, I, I do want to be transparent with your people. God, I pray that you would empower us and that you would give us the strength, the wisdom, everything necessary to raise our children the way that you would want us to do it, God. I pray that you would open up our eyes to any, anything that maybe we've been doing wrong and give us the strength to correct it. Lord, we rely on your word. We rely on your Holy Spirit to do all of this. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, one of the, the first memories that I have with my dad is, it's, a, it's an odd memory. It's of me walking outside with him and just with my head down, looking at dirt and searching for something. And you see, where I grew up, there was a large, um, there was a large population of Native Americans in, in Georgia, and they left behind arrowheads. And so it was always my dream to find the perfect arrowhead with my dad because he actually had this whole display case of different arrowheads, and he had them organized neatly. And, and I would look at those and say, wow, that, that one right there, it's white and it's pointed cool. It's really cool. He had a really big one that was like a spear tip, and I just wanted to find one of those arrowheads with him. And I, I loved that they were all so different and distinct. So that's, that's one of my first memories that I actually have with my dad, and I actually told him to take a, a picture of a couple of them that he had laying around the house, because to me, when I think of, of my dad and, and just one of the first memories I have with him is of searching for those arrowheads. And my first memory that I have of being a father is quite different. And honestly, those first few memories are foggy because of the sleep, the sleep deprivation. And I honestly don't remember too much of the first few months of the life of my daughter. But um, I just remember being a zombie. And I, I, I would continuously do things that made no sense at all. But the first real recollection that I have of holding my daughter in my arms, I, I remember thinking, this is a lot of responsibility. <laughs> This is seven pounds, 12 ounces of incredible um, responsibility. Uh, somebody is going to have to care for her physically, emotionally, spiritually, and that's going to be me and my wife. And uh, am I really ready for that? You know, it, it's a daunting task, and it was scary for me. Because think about it. You, what you have to do as a parent is first you have to, to do everything for this little child, you have to care for it. You have to feed it, her. You have to, you have to dress her. You have to clean her. You have to do everything for her. And then you have to teach her that the world does not revolve around her, <laughs> that it's actually about serving God and that it's about loving other people and treating them better than how they treat you. And it's encouraging them to fall in love with a creator and be everything that God had designed them to be and understanding that true happiness isn't birthday trips and, and, and trips to, to Disneyland. It's not about how many followers we get or likes we get online. It's, it's about bringing God glory in all we do. And, and honestly, that, that is a difficult task. But the first thing we have to do is recognize that it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to help our kids live a rich life with things that actually matter, things that 
that it's an opportunity to give the next generation a, a chance to learn from my mistakes or the mistakes of, of my parents and not have to make them themselves. I mean, think about it. What if no child had to wonder if they were deeply loved by God? What if nobody had to go through that in life? Or what if a kid never had to wonder if he, if he really had a purpose or if he was valuable to anybody? What if a teenager could would choose not to sin, not just because he didn't want to get in trouble, but because he was living out of in grace and understanding that it just wasn't going to deliver what it promised. We have an opportunity to pour truth, love, and grace into their lives every day. We got to see that. And if we see that it's an opportunity, we have to be intentional about it. So parenting is intentional. It's not something that, that comes naturally to us, or I'm going to say to me, um, there might be a few people that it, it does, but it doesn't come naturally to us. Many times, God had to instruct them repeatedly through the leaders of Israel, through, through the, the leaders that would say, listen, we have to do this. We have to be intentional. This is what we have to do. We're not going to let our busy lifestyle dictate how we raise our kids. I want to read in Deuteronomy 6. Verse 4 and 9, it should be up behind me on the screen, or if, if you'd rather have a Bible in front of you in these black chair pockets, you can find one as well. But in Deuteronomy 6, it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now Moses was telling the people of Israel to do something that to us sounds kind of extreme. But, he, but in reality, he was saying, wake up. We got to do something. Time is passing by, our children are growing, and they're not aware of what God has done for us. He was practically saying, just take a Sharpie and just start writing out God's word, writing out what God has done for us all over the house because our kids need to know what he's done for us. Parenting is not a passive action. It, it requires work, it requires sacrifice, and it, it requires intentionality. We gotta recognize that time is passing by. You might be wondering why I have two jars of beans behind me. Um, it's kind of funny. In, in our new children's curriculum, just set these right here, it encourages parents or leaders to get a jar, and they actually say use marbles, but I did not have that many marbles. I don't know if there's that many marbles in Cayman. But um, to, to count out 936 objects, so beans in my case, 936 beans whenever your child is born. Now fill up a jar with those 936 beans, and each week that your child is alive, you simply take a bean out of the jar and just remove it. And that is what it symbolizes how much time you have with your child, how many weeks you have with your child. 936 is 52 weeks times 18. That's how many weeks we have 
to influence our children before they move on to the next stage of life where they're, they're not under your roof, possibly. You know, it's my goal to look at these, and, and I, I've, I brought both of these because this one right here is Josiah's jar. <laughs> I have a four-year-old. And this is Kayla's jar. She's seven. When we look at them, you, can, you see, oh, there's still a lot of beans left, but there's a lot less in this jar than this jar. And it makes me start to, it almost brings me to a panic sometimes because I, I want to be intentional with the way that I'm living. I want to be intentional, and I want each week when I take out a bean, I want to say, you know, this was a tough week, but, but Kayla, she really, I think she grew in her faith. She grew in just the way that she praised you, God. And with Josiah's, it's like, you know, I don't know if I'm doing everything right, God, but I do think that he knows that you're real. And I guess that's good. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction. And of course, there's not going to be all positive weeks. But the point is for us to be intentional with the way that we're looking at the lives of our children and know that this is going to empty far too fast and we only get one chance. Do you feel the urgency? Do you see why it's so important to take action in our parenting? If you do, then you need to be intentional. Parenting is also about consistency. Psalm 78 is a, it's a really interesting psalm, and I'm going to read it. It's, I'm going to read 11 verses of it, but I've divided it up into three different sections. So the first section, 1 through 4, Psalm 78. It says, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation of the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. So one through four is basically saying we got to tell our kids how God has saved us, all the wonders that he's done. Let's tell our children. Let's continue on with five through seven. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach our children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and unrise and tell them to their children so they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments. That's telling them, we've got to be consistent. Our children need to tell their children, we cannot stop. We need to continue telling them. In 8 through 11, sadly, we see, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back, on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders he had shown them. Now, if we look at the perspective of the person that's writing this, this was many, many years after that first verse that I read in Deuteronomy. Moses was the one that was telling the people then, and here it's Asaph. And it's, it's unfortunately, the parents, they didn't. They didn't keep doing what God told them to do. They forgot God. 
They didn't make him a priority in their house. They were not intentional in their parenting. And what happened was, was that they refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders he had shown them. I was, um, I was convicted of this, actually, because in preparing for this, I, I realized that I... I'm trying to be intentional with my parenting and I'm trying to, to, to encourage my children to grow, but I realized that my kids know very little about my own story. <laughs> my kids know very little about how God has been faithful to us. And this, this morning when I was praying uh, before coming here to church, my daughter, she always wakes up early and she, was, she came downstairs and I sat with her. I was like, Kayla... I got I to gotta tell you a story. <laughs> and I started telling her a story about before she was born. And my wife was really sick. She was, she was on bed rest because we had a really risky pregnancy and we didn't, we didn't know, you know, if, if Kayla was going to make it. But we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and, and we, were, we were missionaries in Peru and we always had enough, but... We were worried because it was winter in Lima, and that means that there's no sun, and so washing clothes was very difficult because you couldn't dry them if you didn't have a dryer. We didn't have a washer, and we didn't have a dryer, and we were about to have a baby, and we didn't have money for that, and we didn't have money for a delivery either, and it looked like it was going to be cesarean because of all the complications, and so we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we ask God, you know, we're trusting you that, that you gave us this little girl and that you're going to make everything okay. And so we need you to do something, God. And I, I worked as a missionary there, and part of what I did was I took mission teams to different parts of Peru, coordinated for them, and led, led those groups. And I had this one group come in, and the guy who led the group, you know, I had never met him before. He didn't know what was going on with, with what was going on with the pregnancy. But I, as I was taking him to the airport, he hugged me. He said, listen, I never do this. <laughs> if I see you again, I'm not going to do it again. But I feel like I need to do this. And he just slipped me some money. <laughs> And I was, I was kind of taken aback. I, I didn't know what to do, so I just stuck it in my pocket, and I didn't touch it until I got home. <laughs> and I sat with my wife, and we counted out $5,000, and that was enough to cover everything. And I felt like I needed Kayla to know that. She needs to know what God has done for us. My children need to know the story. And it's selfish of me to keep that for myself. You know, after the story, she, she asked, well, Daddy, were, were we poor? <laughs> and a part of me realized that that was one of the reasons why I didn't share that, because I didn't want her to think that. But that's so selfish. <laughs> that's prideful of me. I said, no, we were never poor. We always had enough. God always takes care of us. He did then, and he will continue to do that in the future. Parents, they need to tell their children how God has been so faithful, what God has done for them. 
that says in that psalm that their hearts were not steadfast, their spirits were not faithful, that they forgot God. And I wonder, what is it that we're so focused on giving our children? We focus on their, their clothes that we give them, their education, their, their entertainment, but what if we really just gave them an example to follow, follow steadfast love of a spirit that's anchored in faithfulness to God? Asaph, later on in that, in that um, psalm, he mentions an event of these archers that went out to battle. And it's a really sad image, but it's an image that's stuck in my mind, and I hope it sticks in yours as well. It's of archers armed and ready for battle, but instead of doing what they were designed to do, called to do, they turned their back and they ran. Why? Because they forgot who they were. They forgot what God had done for them. They never released the arrows that they were entrusted to release because they were afraid and they forgot God's word. You know, I did a a little Google search. I typed in, what makes good archer? And several articles came up saying of what an archer needed to be a good archer. And some of those were a steady hand, consistency, practice, excellent vision, and unbreakable concentration. And I wonder if if the archers of Ephraim would have had those traits, I feel like they they would have not failed. And I also believe that the parents, if they would have had those traits, if they could have been consistent, if they would have had an excellent vision and unbreakable concentration and knowing who God was and how he had taken care of their ancestors and of their parents and of how faithful he was, then they would not have failed their children. Consistency is key in parenting. Parenting is also a gift from God. You know, every child is a gift. And I really wish that each child felt confident of that. Every child is a gift from God, not only to the family that they're born into, but they each have been designed for purpose into the world that they're born into. They're designed, they're molded, they're made to accomplish a godly purpose and all designed to hit the mark on that purpose. Psalm 127, verse three through five, it says that behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Other translations say gift. The fruit of the womb of reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. You know, parenting, it really is a gift. And many feel like it's a gift that they don't really know how to unwrap and enjoy. I've been there. And, you know, that's okay because... We need Jesus. We need God's Holy Spirit to help us in parenting. There are times where I don't feel strong enough, smart enough, forgiving enough, patient enough. And that's okay because I have a Savior who is. If parenting does the same for you as it did for me, it, it, it pushed me closer to God. <laughs> because it revealed all my flaws that I thought that I had hidden so well, but 
they come out. <laughs> they come out in parenting. And that honestly was good for me because I realized that I needed Jesus to work in my life. I needed God's Holy Spirit, that I could not do this alone. It was too much. It was too big of a task for me to do. And we're not alone in that, guys. You know, I love that last week, Brett, he preached on community and how we are designed as a community to help each other. God has designed the church to help one another. If you don't have kids, or if maybe you had kids a long time ago, you can help those parents that are struggling. Let them see that their child is a gift. It's, they're not an, an annoying little kid, but they really are a gift. And God is, is, is wanting to do so much through their life. Now, one of my greatest desires and dreams is to see my two children grow up to make a decision to follow God wherever he might take them and to find their purpose and who God designed them to be. So what is our goal? The goal of parenting, I believe, is that parenting is disciple-making. And at first, that sounded kind of weird to me, but I think if we think about it through the lenses of, of what I have said, of being intentional, being consistent, realizing that it's a gift, it is making more disciples. We cannot make all the decisions for our children, and, but the short time that we have them, we need to train them in God's word so that we can be assured that the day that we do, like an archer, release them into the world, hopefully dead on to the target of what God is doing for them, that they will be making godly decisions, using godly wisdom, and grow into godly men and women. You're readying them for that day, the release day, and hopefully all that we've poured into them will direct them. Being a father for me has been an opportunity to grow more in my dependence on God and his word. Being a father has shown me the value of time, of being intentional in my words that I say to my children, that I say to my wife, of the actions that I commit in front of them or not in front of them. Those are going to echo long after I am here on this earth. Being a father has taught me the importance of consistency, of being who I am all the time. <laughs> I cannot be one man at church, one man at home, a different man with my friends, another man when nobody's looking. My integrity is one of the best gifts that I can give my children, and I need to be consistent with who I say I am. And being a father has caused me to enjoy the gift of childhood again, to enjoy a gift of wonder and discovery, of, of imagination, to see my daughter really understand what prayer is and talking with God and seeing just such a, a faith grow in that little, little girl. And to see my son starting to grasp the concept of, of God and ask these questions of what is God made of and where does God live and all these little questions that is, he's trying to formulate in his head to get an accurate picture of who God is. That is a gift. And as a pastor and as a parent, we have got to put emphasis on families. 
You know, we can't allow our children to grow without knowing what God has done for us. And, you know, we can't expect people to sacrifice their family in order to excel in other parts of life. Maybe you've seen that happen with some friends or colleagues of of people that have sacrificed their family so that they can achieve elsewhere. And we've seen it so many times in the Bible. I just read a few different passages, but we see how we need to be intentional with how we're parenting because honestly, we don't have all the time in the world (laughs) and we're doing something important. We're making disciples for God. We are forming their lives. So why don't we pray? Why don't we ask God to empower us in this godly task. God, we, we come before you recognizing our faults, recognizing our, our frustrations, God, because we, we get tired and we, we don't see our children the way that you see them, Lord. I pray that you would first change that, change that vision that we have for our kids. Lord, help us to see them as the future leaders of, of this church, the future leaders of, of the world. God, help us to see the importance of we have in raising these children. For those that, that don't have children, Lord, I pray that you would see how they can pour into the lives of, of those children around them, that they can be the person that, that they wish they had when they were a kid, to direct them properly or to encourage them or to just tell them that you matter and, and you have a purpose. Don't give up. God is working through you. Lord, I pray as a church that we would, we would understand this, that we would see the value of what it means to be a parent. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength to do this. In your name we pray. Amen.